Scripture is from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-7, through 7, and I'll be reading from the NIV. We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trials, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up into rich generosity. I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their own ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of, get, of, in the grace of giving. May God bless the reading of his word today. Thanks. Well, as I've mentioned a few times throughout the month of November, we are talking about stewardship this month. Specifically, I'm going to spend the time talking about giving to the church. Shouldn't be a surprise. But I also want to acknowledge or or talk about the fact that, again, where our treasure is, there our heart is also. There There are kingdom of God ramifications connected to how we spend our money or what we do with our money. So uh, I, sh- I, anyway, I want to acknowledge that we're kind of blatantly talking about money this week, which is, uh, which is really kind of an, in, you know, a housekeeping conversation. You know, giving to this church really applies to those who have a commitment to this church. So I guess I'm apologizing to visitors, but I, I pray that you are going to be blessed by this exploration of what Paul has to say to the churches at Corinth, nonetheless. Um, But I want to acknowledge that this is a bit of a touchy subject, uh, particularly because, you know, me talking about this could be received as a bit self-serving, given that I am sustained entirely by the people here giving to this church. So there you go. I could could be perceived that uh, I'm kind of, uh, uh, it's a bit self-serving, although it, it does indeed Give me a little extra motivation, perhaps, uh, (laughs) to cover that subject. However, because our relationship with our money is such a powerful reflection of our faith, as we were talking with the children about, I really have an obligation to talk about it. I would be remiss in my role here as the pastor, as the shepherd of this church, if I did not talk about it. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our money follows our heart. And so uh, it's important that we talk about these, uh, these things, these issues. And Paul was also one who did not shy away from talking about these things. In our text today, Paul does just that very thing. He is commending the Macedonian church uh, for understanding this very thing, how important it is what we do with our material possessions, with our money. 
Paul is given the task of collecting money for the ministry in Jerusalem. And Paul really thought this was important. Uh, the, you know, the, the, at the time when Paul is writing, Jerusalem is kind of the mother church, although their headquarters was, uh, for Paul was in Antioch. But Jerusalem was really where the mother church was. And they had fallen on hard times. There was a, a lot of rebellion going on. There was an increase in taxes. There was all kinds of things happening in Jerusalem that caused them to be in kind of financial difficulties. And they had a, they had a thriving ministry going on there, but they were struggling to, uh, to sustain everybody within the church. And Paul felt like it was very important that the churches that he fathered, the churches that he started, that were kind of out in the hinterlands. To be honest, Paul came, Paul came to Jerusalem and he said to the, to the disciples gathered there, once they convinced him that he was not there to persecute them, uh, once he convinced them of that, he said, send me to the Gentiles and, and let me go. I will be minister to the Gentiles. And I think, this isn't recorded, but I think they probably laughed about it. They said, the Gentiles? Really? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you know. And they probably thought, well, this is nice. It gets Paul out of our hair, and uh, we can concentrate on all the stuff we're doing here among, in the synagogues in Jerusalem, and, and we can send some folks out to the diaspora spaces and all of that. Well, Paul took this very seriously. Him and Barnabas, they took off toward uh, Greece and, and uh, Asia and all of that and made their headquarters in Antioch. Anyway, they were very successful. But of course, Jerusalem really wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> uh, they were kind of out in the hinterlands. And I suspect that Paul, when he showed up with not only, not only having started several churches across uh, uh, in the diaspora territories, out into Greece, uh, not having started a bunch of churches, but not only that, but bringing a big bag of money with him to support the church, the mother church, in Jerusalem. I imagine their jaws dropped. And all of a sudden, people started paying attention to Paul. Right Before that, they thought maybe he was a joke. But now, all of a sudden, they're taking seriously the ministry that is going on among the Gentiles. And it's no small thing. It's, no, it's not an accident that most of the New Testament is written by Paul. Uh, who was ministering to the Gentiles and going out to Gentile churches. So it was all these kind of friend churches. But he commend, and so he's asking for money to, to maintain the ministry because he wants to make this, keep this connection with Jerusalem. But he sees that it is an exploding ministry and, uh, he is asking all of his churches to take up collections and support the ministry that's being done in Jerusalem and beyond. And here, Paul commends the Macedonian church uh, as an example of this great, of what the right attitude about giving should be. Why are they such a good example? Well, first of all, they are not rich. This isn't a big, you know, he didn't go to, he didn't go to, uh, you know, Bel Air and, and start asking for money. He went out into the fringes, and this was these were poor folks there in uh, 
in Macedonia. They weren't part, they weren't Romans, they were Jews in the diaspora and they were not rich. On the contrary, they're quite impoverished. They also had gone through some struggles recently that affected their pocketbook. Uh, and, uh, and they were just coming out of this severe trial that they had been facing. Yet with overwhelming joy, Paul tells us, they gave. Uh, after, and I gotta say, after giving a sermon like this one, inevitably, this is what, people wanna come to me and explain why they, they can't give to the church, or don't give, why they give the amount they do. First of all, I want to say there is no need to explain anything to me about about your giving. I don't know who gives. Uh, I don't know who gives what. I don't know if there's a certain only certain people give. I don't. I don't really want to know uh, any of that kind of stuff. And quite frankly, I I really do understand how difficult a discipline regularly contributing to the church is. I, I understand that. I struggle with it myself. It is a difficult thing, when, especially when you feel a sense of scarcity, especially when you feel like you don't have enough. But what I often say to a person, uh, of course, after giving them absolution for not giving to the church, uh, is that, <laughs> that your giving is really between yourself and God, but you are missing out on something that is a source of joy in one's life. The Macedonians gave and it became a joy to them. Also, anyone here who gives regularly to the church will tell you, give me, a, give me an amen, Shirley. They will tell you that it is a joy to give. And the reason I point out Shirley is that I'll, I'll be, I'll, she and I will go to lunch and I'll go for the check. And she will say, hey, don't you steal my joy. And what she means is she wants to pay for the check, right? So she says, do not, do not steal my joy. Do not steal my joy. <laughs> Take away my blessing, will you? She says to me. So it is a joy to give, amen? It is a joy to give. And that's what we miss out on, you know, when, when even in the face of our struggles, we don't, we don't struggle through that and find some way to acknowledge God with our resources, with our money. So giving to support us is a joy. And the Macedonians understood this. With great joy, they, they gave in earnest. And the, the important thing, there's another important thing here. They gave first themselves to Christ, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But they also believed in the ministry of the church in Jerusalem. They believed in what was going on there. They believed in what the Jerusalem church was doing. So compelling was the ministry that they found themselves involved in is that, that they wanted to partner with them through the giving of their offering. I think if, uh, if you had been reading the, the papers now or looking around Facebook the last few days, you can see how important our ministry is here at First Baptist Church of Salt Lake City. Amen? What we do here is so very important. And I think we are in a time that this, this church has been working toward their whole existence. You know, maybe that's just my own thing. But, but we are in it. This is a time for this church. This church has been gearing up for this their whole existence. And now is a time when when Jesus is going to shine through the ministries we do. Amen? 
Amen. It is an important thing as you listen to these testimonies of our members and look around and see how important this ministry is here. And it is my prayer that you have experienced for yourself how important this ministry is in your own life. And uh, the Macedonians saw how important the ministry was that the, the, the Jerusalem church was doing, and they did not want to miss out. And giving a portion of their, their resources, this was how they participated with what Jerusalem was doing. And in the same way, you join in the ministries of this church when you give to this church. In fact, that's, that's how the ministries happen, is we give of our time, we give of our talent, and we give of our, our treasure, our resources. Here's another aspect of this. They had to trust Paul. Right? Paul came around and he said, you know, uh, I want I want to take some money from you to, to give to Jerusalem. So, you know, give generously and support that ministry there. And they had to trust that Paul was not a shyster. Not only that, they had to trust in the leadership in Jerusalem that what they were that they were doing their due diligence uh, over that money and spending it wisely and being good stewards of that money. Uh, the Macedonians they pretty much had to take Paul's word for it. They had a very trusting relationship. I will say I hope we have a similar trusting relationship. By we I mean the church together and the leadership of the church. But I'll say one other thing about that is uh, you don't really have to have that same kind of trust here. Because first of all, no one is handing that money over to me. I can tell you right now. Never give the pastor the money, and I'm the first one to, to, to send you somewhere else if you start handing me the money that goes to the church. I don't, want, I don't ever touch it, really. Uh, and to be honest, short of finding new ways to spend it, uh, I have very little to do with the oversight of the budget and the money here. Uh, that is all handled by the elected representative, the elected leadership of our church, our council. And, and here's the good part. The leadership of this church is accountable for every penny. Every penny that comes into this church and every penny that goes out. They are account we are all accountable for that to the membership of this church. Now that isn't true in every ecclesial organization. But every penny has to be accounted for to you. And we have an obligation not only to give full disclosure about where that money goes. My salary, you all know my salary. If you don't... It's written down in our annual reports every year. You can know exactly what I make and what my benefits are and how much everyone makes and all of that. Because you own and operate this ministry and, it, and our board has a fiduciary responsibility to report that information to you. And we are obligated to report it. And we do in various ways. We have quarterly meetings. We publish the information. We do our best when we're struggling. We come to you and let you know. All of those things. When we're doing well, we celebrate. <laughs> so, uh, but, but you, you don't necessarily have to trust. I pray you trust us. But you don't have to because you have access to know exactly what we are doing with your money. And I would say take a look at it because we are doing incredible things here at First Baptist Church. Amen.
Give me one of them. Amen. We are doing incredible things. Uh, the building is such an imp important part of this neighborhood. And it, it, we are kind of a community center. It's hard to come into this building and find it empty anytime during the day. In fact, sometimes I get here like at 930 at night. People are still doing stuff here. I don't, things I don't always know, but uh, whatever. So anyway, uh, you, you have a good handle on what is happening with your money. You have access to that. Wanted to lift that up. Uh, the other thing that Macedonians are praised for is that they gave what they were able and even beyond that. In other words, they gave sacrificially. And to give sacrificially means that it's not that easy. Maybe it's a little... There's a little bit of a twinge, perhaps, even as you do it. And I know how this is. You know what? It was easy. When I was dirt poor, it was a lot easier to give than the bigger checks uh, the, you know, when I started making more money. Right? In fact, I've never made more money in my life than I do now, and I've never been more broke than I am now. What is that about? That is an American thing. Is, is anyone else like that? What is that about? Right? I, when I was poor, I had all kinds of money to give. Right? Because <laughs> the checks didn't look that big. <laughs> but as the checks get harder, bigger, it's harder to hand it over. What is, I don't know what that's about. But to give sacrificially, it's a little bit of that, I'm going I'm to give up something so that I can make this happen. And I, I encourage you, and I, I don't want to sound like a shyster. I, 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 really, I really, this is why this is so hard for me. Because you've heard people say things like this and then steal from you. Or if they have it, they've been trying to steal from you. But I will say this. That there is something powerful. There is a blessing to be had. When you say to yourself, I am, I am giving up my latte every day. So that the ministry of this church can grow and continue. So that we can continue to reach out into the city. So that we can continue to do the good things we're doing. There is a blessing to be had. When we say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out HBO and Showtime and just, and just get stuck with AMC and uh, that network. And so that the ministry of this church can continue. There's something powerful about giving something up so that you can give something to the service of God, to the ministries of God that are going on here. So... The other thing that they did is they gave on their own. And in fact, they begged for the privilege. I can, I can tell you what, that rarely happens uh, around here. They gave on their own. And in fact, they, they begged for the privilege. They didn't need this speech. right? <laughs> because they saw the connection between the ministry that was being accomplished and the money that they gave. And they wanted to participate in that. In all that God was doing in any way they can. And I encourage you to really look at what is the connection between the money I give to this church and the ministry we do together. And explore that a little bit and you will see what an incredible, what we do with actually not a lot, to be honest. Uh, I've, I've shown people our budget before and they, they've looked at it and gone, you guys do a ton for uh, not a, you know, for really small amount uh, comparable to that, re relative to all of that. Uh, and so they were eager to join in that. 
and, and wanted to, they didn't have to be begged, they wanted to join in that. But the most important aspect of this text we have today is that they gave first themselves to the Lord. You know, I, all of this is just a lot of noise unless there is some kind of commitment here on your part to what God is doing in our midst. And it begins, it, it really starts here, that I am committed to who God is in my life and who God is in the world as revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And it begins with this question of do I really see God possibly making a difference in this world? Is there really a difference to be had? Is there really a difference to make? And if you, if you are committed to what God can do in our midst, then that starts there by committing to what God is doing. The next question becomes, and has God called me to this place to join in the ministries that God is doing, the vision that God has laid on the hearts of us in this place? In other words, do you see God at work in this church? Do you see God making a difference through the ministries of this church? Do you see lives being transformed? Do you see people being uh, healed as they come in? Do you see people regaining a faith that was once lost? Do you see people finding a faith they never thought they had? Do you see people, the naked being clothed, and the prisoners being visited, and the, and the people, the hungry being fed, metaphorically and literally? <laughs> Those are the questions to ask yourself. And if you do, then if you give yourself to the Lord, and God has called you here, then God has also called you to give to this church. I'm going to make it plain. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. And it's my prayer that you do. And if the answer to this question is no, then I beg you, please, go find somewhere where you do feel that sense of commitment. Where you do feel excited about what God is doing in your midst. Where you do feel a connection to the ministry of the church. It's out there for you. Go find it. And if we're not it, that's okay. We're in America. You can pick and choose. You can go wherever you want. <laughs> so if we're not it, go find a ministry that you can support, that you want to support, that you're excited about. In the meantime, we're called together to accomplish great things. And it begins when we give first ourselves to the Lord. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, I can tell you that I see a difference in this city, in the lives of the people who find their way here. I see you doing so many incredible things. It's my prayer that we all open our eyes to and we see what you are doing and that we get excited about it and that like the Macedonian church that we are eager to support it with not only not only our money but with our money but not only that with just our our prayer and our talent and our time 
my prayer, God, that the ministry here is so important that we get so enthusiastic about it that we're scared not to be involved. We don't want to miss out. May you instill within each of us that kind of passion for what you are doing. We ask all of this in the precious name of Christ.